Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. These, these practices are taught, uh, solitary practices, practices that you do on your own, and that's really important that you cultivate that on your own. But fundamentally, all these practices are about being in the world with other people, other sentient beings. Uh, and sharing this this experience. So even though we may have to start with our own mind stream and our own uh, thoughts and experiences, ultimately what we're trying to do is is uh, open ourselves up so that we can connect with other people. This is a problem with <coughs> meditation. Often, as it's not often as it was taught, sometimes as it's mis mis picked up wrongly is that it's about um, isolating. It's about kind of like withdrawing, retreating. And some of the language that people use, retreat, you know, we talk about a retreat, and that's a military term, you know, retreating from the enemy. <clears throat> um, and detaching. And a lot of the, some of the, some of the terminology that gets used in, in meditation circles is this sense of withdrawal, as if the world were dangerous or evil or problematic. And I think that's missing the point. That the, we may need to withdraw and retreat in order to kind of really see what's going on. But the ultimate goal of practice is to connect. To connect to what they call the Vajra world, the, the amazing universe that we live in with all these incredible creatures and beauties and complexities and troubles. But we're, we're, we're trying to connect, not to detach. <clears throat> and I think it's really useful to, 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 to think a little bit about mindfulness, because mindfulness is just one kind of meditation. Uh, all of these forms of meditation, and there are many, uh, are really aiming towards that, to letting go of all this, this thinking that gets in the way of the appreciation of the wholeness. You can kind of boil it down to that. That we get trapped in our thoughts, we get lost in our ideas about the world, and we miss the reality. We miss the reality of our lives, the reality of our bodies, the reality of, of nature, of other people, because we're just constantly like thinking about it or lost in our inner representations of it. So pretty much all meditation is aiming to transport us down to this real and, and glorious reality that's so fresh and so exciting and so alive and connected and, and wondrous. <clears throat> and to take us out of this sort of grey, drab, repetitive, self-absorbed universe of thoughts, which is so boring and so deadening and so disconnected. And so mindfulness is just one of several streams which all flow out of this incredible blossoming of, of thought around four, four or five thousand years before Christ in, in India, in yogic traditions. And one of those leads into Buddhism, some lead into Hinduism. And, and you can see the different streams of meditation. One, one stream is, for example, what they call bhakti, bhakti yoga or bhakti meditation, which is devotion. 
So you have a teacher and you're devoted to that teacher or you have a deity and you're devoted to that. And the, and the kind of love that flows out of that is a way of dissolving, dissolving thought and entering this, this glorious world. And then there's another tradition which is what they call um, bhavna or visualisation. And this is where we use the thinking mind to cultivate uh, mind states. So there's a famous one called the metta bhavna, for example, where you where you wish people well and you visualize different people, people you don't like and people you do like and you, and you wish them well and you're, you're using your thinking mind to generate a positive mind state of, of kindness. So there's bhakti and there's bhavna and then there's also one that's called uh, samadhi, which is a practice that I'm very keen on. So samadhi practice is really about um, focusing all the energy of of your existence onto one point. So we are stilling the mind, stilling the kind of agitation of the body and of, of the energy into one pointedness. So this is often when we think of meditation, this is what we think about, like concentrating on the breath, concentrating on a candle, concentrating on a sound. Uh, and it, this, this practice doesn't get much good press at the moment. It's sort of like fallen out of fashion. But actually, I think it's a tremendously powerful uh, practice. And it's not the practice that we're doing here. <laughs> because if you like, the fourth stream is, is what they call sati, or mindfulness practice. And sati, which comes out of the Indian uh, Hindu tradition, uh, sorry, the Buddhist tradition, so about 500 years before Christ. So sati is a particularly Buddhist practice, um, which is different from all these other ones because it's, it's about the quality of our awareness. It's about how wide and open and free and unjudgmental we can make our awareness. So whereas um, sati, uh, sorry, samadhi is really about focusing down onto one pointedness until we drop into this blissful state, <clears throat> mindfulness is really about opening up. It's the opposite in a way. It's sitting in the present moment and opening up our awareness wider and wider and wider and bringing, allowing more and more stuff, if you like, to flow into our pool of now. So that we're sitting in the present moment, and usually we're just lost in our thoughts. We're like trapped in a little grey box. Me, me, you, me. And this kind of endless, dreary, kind of like panicky, worrying, planning. Which, you know, for, sadly for most of us is, is like all the time. But the great kind of visionary uprush that we can sometimes experience in meditation is we realize we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live in this kind of boring, dusty world of our thoughts. If we can move our awareness uh, at will into other fields, then suddenly we realize, oh, there's all this other stuff. There's everything that's going in my body, the kind of vast universe of my body, all the pains and fluid motions and energy uprushes and dullnesses and brightnesses in my body. And then there's all the universe around me. There's all the lights and colours and greens and blues and smells and feelings and touches and tastes. And then there's all the other people. So all the kind of challenges and contradictions of, of the you know, other sentient beings who share this world. And then there's the space beyond all that. So then there's this ultimate um, awareness of just the vastness of the universe, the vastness of 
um, the universe that we are the center of. It's a lovely phrase by Shelley where he says, we are the eyes of the universe regarding itself. But that idea, you know, that we are, we are the, the universe's eyes seeing itself. You know, the, our unique experience of the universe is, is this, this, the universe witnessing itself. And so this is you know, right at the far edges of, of mindfulness, when we can really open up to the, to, the, to the full extent of being alive. But the journey to <coughs> there is, is very, it's very delightful because you're, we're permitting more and more life to flow into this pool of now that we call ourselves. You know, our, ourselves is often a very, very limited idea of what our self is. We started to talk about this, this last night. And as we open up the, the gates of mindfulness, we get, oh my gosh, I, I'm all of this as well. I'm all this colour, I'm all this smell, I'm all this energy, I'm all this life, I'm all this conflict and turmoil and suffering. Um, you know, I'm really big. I'm really universal and big. And so the path of mindfulness is, is a great big yes. It's a big yes to everything that is coming up in our existence. And it doesn't have preferences. It doesn't prefer good things to bad things or happiness to sadness. Everything is welcome. And this is very challenging to our what we might call our ego, which is that little set of, oh, I must do this, and I must do that, and I shouldn't do that, and I shouldn't do this, and he mustn't do that, and I mustn't do that. The, that, that set of thoughts, which we call an ego, is very threatened by all this openness. It, it's like, oh my God, this is terrifying. You know? I need to control everything. I need to clamp down. I need to panic and worry and stress. And so all of these practices that we do are really about holding the ego so it doesn't freak completely out, but also opening ourselves to this much, much bigger experience of being alive. So, you know, it's not that we just suddenly, like, rip the bandage off and then there we are in the middle of, you know, the universe. It's a kind of gradual process of holding ourselves and making sure that we were able to kind of gradually open to more and more and more of our experience. <clears throat> this is why the artwork is so, is so fantastic, because uh, as we started to say last night, or Israel was saying last night, it's really about dropping judgment. That set of thoughts that is our ego thrives on judgment, on excluding things, on saying this is bad, and this is rubbish, and we don't like this. This mustn't be shown, and we must hide this. And the, the great spirit of, of mindfulness is really that we say yes to everything. We say yes to feeling really crappy. We feel say yes to feeling ecstatic. We say yes to blue. And we say yes to yellow. We say yes to a headache. And we say yes to like an orgasm. And we say yes to birds. And we say yes to dog shit. It doesn't matter what come, appears. It's like, okay, I'm going to dance with this. It's like in uh, improvisation. You know, in, in one of the top rules of improvisation, you know improvisation where two people are just stand up and start doing something, is that you always have to say yes. Because if somebody, you know, you come onto the stage with your improvisation partner and they say, oh, I've just broken my arm, and the other person goes, no, you haven't, your arm's fine, then 
the improvisation is over. So the, so the improviser has to go, oh my God, yes, what did you do? And then the whole thing starts to become alive. And it's pretty much the same with experience. We have to say yes to what we're experiencing. Even if what we're experiencing is a bit shitty by our ego standards. If we can say yes to being tired or being afraid or being <coughs> anxious or being embarrassed, then something magical happens. But if we say no to everything, then nothing happens in our life. We just die a bit. So when we practice meditation, <clears throat> particularly mindfulness meditation, we, we need to be very soft and gentle and open and really attentive and curious. Because these are the qualities that, that drive mindfulness. Say, you know, trying to control or be disciplined or <clears throat> force things to go a certain way, this is, this is hopeless. Um, and, and we need to be open to the, the fullness. Um, we, mentioned the um, we mentioned the fact that beingfulness is actually a better word than mindfulness. We're really opening up to the full extent of our being. And I, I found the most powerful way of doing that is to start with the body, is to work somatically. Because the thinking mind, it's not our enemy by any... The thinking mind is, a, is an amazing thing. But we can't think ourselves into full being. Because thinking is necessarily a contraction of being. It's a useful map on top of the landscape of being. So it's much, it makes much more sense, and I found it's much more powerful to, to begin and work with the body, what's happening in the body. So this is what we're going to do today. We're going to start just working with our awareness. In the meditation bits, we're going to start working with our awareness, and we're going to use our body to, um, to, to do that. Thank you for listening and please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.